Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This is the Jayhawker Talker Podcast, a podcast affiliated with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. My name is Mark Van Sickle, and let's get rolling with today's episode. So today's episode might be a little bit uh, scattered, a little bit all over the place, and that's because there's been some strange stuff going on over there in Lawrence, Kansas. There's been some good stuff that has been announced this past week. Uh, with the football program, with the basketball program as well. But I have to start out today's show talking about something strange that came out of Lawrence, Kansas this past week. And what's been going on in Lawrence, Kansas? Well, the news out of Lawrence this past week could have been a scary situation. But it turns out to have been a false alarm. And this is what I'm talking about. If you have not heard this story yet, I would highly recommend going to Google, and searching the name Joe Krause. Now, Joe Krause, if you didn't know, because even me, as somebody who covers Kansas athletics, I did not know who Joe Krause was, and maybe that's on me. But regardless, Joe Krause, a Kansas offensive lineman, uh likely former Kansas offensive lineman Joe Krause, was arrested on Monday on charges of an aggravated criminal threat that caused terror, evacuation, or disruption. And that is per the Douglas County Sheriff's Office in Lawrence, Kansas. And the arrest of offensive lineman Joe Krause came just hours after a bomb threat was called into the Jayhawks football facilities. Uh, And that drew the police response that resulted in an evacuation of everybody present at the football facilities. So Joe Krause, offensive lineman from Kansas, arrested just several hours after this bomb threat was called in. And so there is a link there, don't you think? to Joe Krause being arrested just a couple of hours after the bomb threat happened? Well, here's what a Kansas spokesperson had to say in a statement. We are aware of a situation involving one of our student athletes. We take the safety of our staff, student athletes, and coaches very seriously. We are gathering more information and will have no further comment at this time. Now, that came out on Tuesday, uh, the information about what happened over there at the University of Kansas. I was going to record the podcast on Wednesday. I was hoping that there would be more information that came out by Thursday. However, nothing new came out, unfortunately. So the University of Kansas gets this call about this bomb threat. Then Joe Krause gets arrested Krause was a redshirt sophomore from Prairie Village, Kansas, was a high school athlete at Shawnee Mission East High School. Last saw game action in 2020, uh, played briefly in losses to Iowa State and TCU that year. But I'm curious what Joe Krause is thinking. Obviously, you can't get away with something like that in 2023. Not that you should have done it before, cell phones and tracking and everything else became such a big thing. But if you're calling in a bomb threat, you're going to get caught. And it looks like this guy, Joe Krause, uh, did get caught. 
And why was he calling in a bomb threat to the football facilities? Did he not want to run the gassers that morning? Did he not want to go practice in the 100-degree heat? I mean, those are all valid concerns if you're a Kansas football player, not wanting to go practice in the heat, not wanting to run the gassers in preseason conditioning. But you don't call in a bomb threat. You tell your roommate, hey, I'm not feeling well. Tell coach I'm not going to be at practice today. You call the coach yourself and say, hey, my mom's sick and I need to go home and attend to her. Hey, my grandma died. Yeah, it's, that, that might be a bit of a lie. You know, you might have used that excuse before. But you don't call in a bomb threat. Using the excuse that grandma died has been used by everybody. You don't call in a bomb threat. Come on now. So now Kansas football has this, I wouldn't say cloud hanging over them because nobody really did anything outside of this Joe Krause kid, allegedly. Nobody else was really involved in this that we know of. So it's just a weird story to come out of Lawrence, Kansas. And I didn't want to start the podcast out with that, but I had to because that was a huge story this past week out of the uh, Lawrence, Kansas, and Kansas City area. So I wanted to get that out of the way to start the show. Uh, Joe Krause arrested, aggravated criminal threat that caused terror, evacuation, and disruption. And that was a big story out of this past week. So I wanted to start the show out with that. Glad that everybody's okay. Glad that it was just a threat and not an actual, it was an empty threat, I should say, and not an actual threat. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was harmed. Everybody got out of there safe. And we are very happy about that. All right. I'll stick with Kansas football for a little bit longer before I get to some basketball news because... Kansas football season, of course, just right around the corner. September 1st, first game against Missouri State. Very excited about that. But one of the big stories surrounding Kansas football, again, off the football field, is the new David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium that they're going to be adding on to the stadium at the end of this football season. So the demolition of the west side of David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium could begin as soon as December. And that's going to be kicking off this ambitious plan to revamp the entire area around 11th and Mississippi Streets in Lawrence, right around the stadium. And KU confirmed that the design for the stadium will be a capacity of at least 40,000 fans. There had been rumors that they were going to build a stadium that had less than 40,000 seats in it or less than an ability for there to be 40,000 fans. I know Kansas Athletic Director uh, was very adamant about saying that there would not be less than 40,000 people in the stands. So right now the current capacity is 47,000. It's going to be less than that, but it will be at least 40,000 capacity, potentially more. The project is expected to cost $335 million, and that was told to the Kansas Board of Regents in May. And uh, through several requests to Kansas and uh, their proposal to shed light on this project timeline, we were able to get some more details on what's going on. They're calling this the Campus Gateway Project. And uh, documents 
in the outline for the plans say that they're going to include student housing, an entertainment venue, a hotel and office space, restaurant and retail space. And the first phase of this student gateway project is supposed to be completed by 2025. So that's just a couple of years away. So it's not just an upgrade and update to the stadium. It's going to be the surrounding area next to the stadium was as well. The student housing uh, is said to potentially be a 175-unit, 425-bed apartment-style facility. The entertainment venue is supposed to be a 2,500-capacity flat floor venue. The hotel is supposed to be a 175-room property. The office space, 20,000 square feet partnering up with a sports medicine facility and the restaurant and retail space is supposed to be a 53,000 square foot uh, space, including a KU athletic retail store. So that's, uh, that's quite the ambitious project there that they are now calling the campus gateway project. I'm excited to see what it looks like uh, to revamp the stadium, revamp the area around the stadium, of course, a lot of you guys like to tailgate on game day, especially when the team's doing well and the stadium's selling out or being close to sold out. This is going to be great for the Kansas Jayhawk football program, and that's just going to continue to build the momentum for what Lance Leipold is building with the Jayhawk football program and for the recruits coming in. Whenever you have new facilities and build new shiny things, these recruits like to see that, and they will, in turn come to Kansas and then they'll see it and they'll tell their friends, Hey, you want to come to Kansas to play football? So that's just uh, another part of this along with, uh, you know, the entertainment and everything else that comes with it. Uh, potential for people that are coming from out of town to enjoy it as well. So that is very cool. The campus gateway project underway could start as early as December, 2023, uh, to get going on this project. All right, let's head over to some Kansas basketball news. Just this past week, very excited to uh, see that Kansas and North Carolina, of course, two of the biggest brands in college basketball history, have officially agreed to a two-game home and home series against each other. The first matchup of the series is going to be in Lawrence, Kansas, Man, that is going to be a tough ticket to get. Tough, tough ticket to get for Kansas and North Carolina. That's going to be November 8th, 2024 at Allen Fieldhouse. So one of the first games of the season in 2024 is going to be North Carolina at Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse. And again, that is going to be one of the toughest tickets to get for the Kansas basketball season that year. No doubt about that. So if you want tickets, I'd suggest trying to get season tickets right now for the 2023 season. If you can, get tickets for this season so that you can already have first dibs for tickets for that game. North Carolina at Kansas, November 8th, 2024 at Allen Fieldhouse. And then the following season at Dean Smith Center in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, November 14th, 2025. Again, that will be an early season matchup between Kansas and North Carolina. Just very excited to see a home-and-home series between these two squads. We've seen it recently with Kansas and Kentucky. Uh, We're going to see it with Kansas 
and North Carolina. Maybe we'll see it with Kansas and Duke in the future. It's just great to see these non-con games between powerhouse schools. And you look at the two schools, Kansas and North Carolina, two of the most established programs in college basketball history. Of course, Kansas has the most wins of any college basketball team. We love bragging about that. They've got three thousand or 2,385 wins. The Tar Heels just two spots behind Kansas on the all-time win list. They have 2,347 wins. So that's some bragging rights there for both of these programs if they can get a win against the other in the regular season. And these regular season matchups really are very rare to come by. Usually when you see Kansas versus North Carolina, it's in uh, the NCAA tournament, like we saw just a couple of years ago. You saw Kansas beat North Carolina in the championship game when KU won the national championship in 2022. You see them in the Final Four occasionally. You see them in the Sweet 16. But you don't often see Kansas and North Carolina in the regular season, uh, save for maybe a tournament like the Champions Classic or the Maui Invitational or something like that. So seeing a home-and-home series in 2024 and 2025 between KU and North Carolina is going to be absolutely fantastic. Again, November 8th, 2024 at Allen Fieldhouse, North Carolina going to be coming to Lawrence, Kansas to take on your Kansas Jayhawks. Very excited about that news. So I was just talking about preseason tournaments. That transitions well to my next topic here because Kansas will be playing in the Champions Classic again this year against Kentucky. They're playing that game early in the season. But also the Maui Invitational. We've talked about it before. KU was invited to the Maui Invitational, and it's one of the college basketball's most highly anticipated regular season tournaments. They've been going at it since 1984. Well, the tournament released the schedule. Before we knew what teams were playing in it, of course, Kansas, uh, we knew that it was going to be Marquette, UCLA, Purdue, Gonzaga, Tennessee, Syracuse, and the host team, Chaminade, was going to be there as well as Kansas. Well, now we have the tournament schedule for the Maui Invitational. That, of course, is taking place November 20th through 22nd, just before Thanksgiving. And Kansas is going to face Chaminade in round one of the tournament. And that is... uh, I hate to say it because you never want to look overlook an opponent, but that was going to be the easiest game in the tournament. So KU gets a little bit of an edge there in the first round of the tournament playing Chaminade. Chaminade, of course, is the uh, an NCAA Division II university based out of Honolulu, Hawaii. They've appeared in this tournament every year except for 2018. And like I said just a couple of minutes ago, this tournament started in 1984. So... Chaminade is pretty much the staple of this tournament, and then they invite teams from all over the country to come and play in it. KU 4-0 all-time against Chaminade. They played them in 2019 and 2015. KU won the tournament both of those years. Uh, They defeated Chaminade by a total of 81 points in those two games. And so that looks like it should be an easy round one win for the Jayhawks. The only other team that KU's played in this field is in Maui is UCLA. So if you look at this tournament here in the first round, the first game 
is going to be Tennessee-Syracuse. That's going to be an early morning game out there, 9.30 a.m. Hawaii time, 1.30 Central time. Again, that's Tennessee and Syracuse in game one of that tournament. Then you've got game two, Purdue and Gonzaga facing off at noon Hawaii time, 4 o'clock Kansas time. So that's the top half of the bracket. You've got Tennessee, Syracuse, Purdue, Gonzaga in the top half of the bracket. The bottom half of the bracket, you've got Kansas, Chaminade. That's game three of the tournament. Uh, 4 p.m. tip-off, Hawaii time, and then that would be 8 p.m. Central time for us Kansas fans. Uh, that should be a nice primetime game on ESPNU between Kansas and Chaminade. And then game four, UCLA and Marquette. That's going to be on ESPN2. That should be a late game. 10.30 p.m. Central time tip-off is the schedule. So that's an interesting bracket there. Kansas, I think, did get a little bit of a break. They get Chaminade in round one, and then they'll get the winner of UCLA Marquette in round two, assuming Kansas gets by Chaminade. They'll get the winner of UCLA Marquette. And if they get past UCLA and Marquette, they will face whoever is the winner of the top half of the bracket between Tennessee, Syracuse, Purdue, and Gonzaga. And what's interesting about that, I looked at some very early preseason rankings, some way too soon preseason rankings for college basketball. A lot of teams, or a lot of projections here, I know it's early, but this is what I'm seeing for the college basketball rankings. Kansas, Purdue, Gonzaga, and Tennessee, all top 10 teams projected right now. Again, Kansas, Purdue, Gonzaga, Tennessee, all projected as top 10 teams heading into 2023. Kansas, the only one on the bottom half of that bracket. You got Tennessee, Purdue, and Gonzaga on the top half of that bracket. So the top half of the bracket is way more stacked than the bottom half. KU gets a little bit of a break there. Syracuse, you can never count them out. They always have a solid program, even if they haven't been that good of late. And then on the bottom half of the bracket, Chaminade, obviously not an NCAA uh, D1 team. You've got UCLA and Marquette, who are projected to be top 25 teams, but they're uh, not supposed to be quite as good as Tennessee, Purdue, Gonzaga, and Kansas. So UCLA and Marquette will probably be a solid matchup there as the late-night game in Game 1. But Kansas got a little bit of a break avoiding Gonzaga, Purdue, and Tennessee over there at the top half of the bracket. And when you look at Kansas, what they've done in that Maui Invitational, uh, as I said earlier, 4-0 all-time against Chaminade. The last time they were in the tournament in 2019, it took them overtime, but they did beat Dayton in overtime 90-84 to come out of there with a Maui Invitational Tournament Championship. And that was the last time KU played in it. So hopefully we can see another tournament win for the Jayhawks there in Maui. And uh, for that tournament, it's going to be the fourth, fifth, and sixth games of the season for the Jayhawks. Of course, I was talking about earlier, the Jayhawks going to be playing against Kentucky in the Champions Classic the week before the Maui Invitational. And then after the Maui Invitational, on December 1st, the Jayhawks are going to be hosting Connecticut, who just, UConn just won the national championship this last year. So on December 1st in Lawrence, Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse, you got the defending national champions 
and the 2022 national champions battling it out on the hardwood there in Lawrence at Allen Fieldhouse. Cannot wait for all of these uh, non-conference games. I was going to say preseason, but really, it's a tough schedule for the Jayhawks early in the season. But it's it's going to be fun to watch. A lot of these games are going to be close battles, and that's what you want to see early in the season with all of the moving parts through the transfer portal and everything like that. You want to see how these guys can gel early on. You want to see how they can fight. And you're going to see if KU is a top-five team, if they can come out of this with several wins against some of these high-powered teams. Can't wait for the Maui Invitational. Can't wait for the... Really, the entire non-con schedule is looking fun. They they're even they even threw in that game against Wichita State. I know I talked about it on the podcast earlier this summer. They announced that they're going to be playing Wichita State up there in Kansas City at the T-Mobile Center. So some fun games in the non-con. Can't wait to see about that. And really quick before I end the podcast today, wanted to give a shout-out to the Mass Street team. They played in the TBT tournament that was the KU alumni group talked about it a couple weeks ago on the podcast about how they were going to be playing down in Wichita well they fell in the sweet 16 to a team called Heartfire uh and after the game uh well before I get to the after the game what happened uh KU did beat uh the Mizzou alumni had to throw that in there they won 69-65 earlier in the tournament so KU did get a quality win against Mizzou got to throw that into the Tiger fans faces here before the end of the podcast, but uh, KU did fall in the Sweet 16 of that tournament, and after the game was over, uh, Keith Langford, love that guy, uh, former KU Jayhawk, of course, has been on this TBT team, um, the Mass Street alumni team, for a while. He announced he's officially retiring from playing basketball after that loss. He's a 39-year-old, still going at it. Mad respect as somebody who's close to that age, not quite there yet, but to get out there and play every year, play the game that you love despite the uh, old age there. I say old age, man. I'm I'm feeling old myself talking about this. But in those games in the tournament, he scored 15 and 13 points respectively, uh, spent more than two decades playing basketball, a standout for KU, reached two Final Fours, uh, earned all Big 12 honors as a junior and senior, had 1,800 points, which ranks over 1,800 points, 1,812 points to be precise, ranks eighth on the all-time Jayhawks scoring list, uh, never really made it in the NBA. However, he became one of the greatest offensive players in Euro League history, and that marks an end of a career. For former Kansas Jayhawk Keith Langford, shout out to him on a fantastic career. And that about does it for today's episode. You can always get at me on Twitter at JayhawkerTalker. We can keep the conversation going there. I like to post stories from what's going on with KU Athletics, whether it be football, basketball, soccer, baseball, uh, gymnastics. Uh, what other sports have I tweeted about? Uh Swimming and diving, track and field. I've kind of tweeted about everything on that account. So if you want some uh, deep dives on KU Athletics, you can go over there to at Talker. And don't forget, download, subscribe, give this podcast a five-star rating. Tell five KU friends about this podcast. My name is Mark Van Sickle. You've been listening to the Jayhawker Talker podcast here, a part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Check out my latest article over there at heartlandcollegesports.com. And until next time, 
Rock Chalk, Jayhawk.